1: It's our number two of Extra Point on this Thursday, May 4th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro, with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Follow along with us online, kdos1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, let's catch our breath, reset the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll toss it on over to the kdos1060.com poll question, which is... What should Monty Williams do, and who should he start at point guard in Game Three? Devin Booker or Campaign? And the masses remain out in front on Devin Booker at sixty-three percent of the vote. Campaign sitting at thirty uh, percent of the vote.
0: It's gonna be cam- campaign unless Booker, uh, excuse me, unless uh, Williams changes his mind from yesterday. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I would imagine that the leash is not very long because you know, Payne, I, I didn't have time to do, like, a statistical breakdown on this, but in the games that he has played in the 2023 portion of the season, which haven't been that many because he's had multiple injuries, he has been bad. Uh, you know, he had some good moments, you know, before Christmas, etc. cetera, but since then it hasn't gone well. But uh, I'm assuming they want to at least try to reduce as much as possible the times that Booker has to bring the ball up I would also think that Kevin Durant brings the ball up more often, no matter who's actually the quote starting point guard the rest of this series, depending on how long Paul is out.
1: We'll answer that question around 1130 today, tossing this on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Tonight's contest, Lakers and Warriors. Who do you have ATS in game two? Lakers plus five and a half. Warriors minus five and a half. Busted out of its 50-50 tie and the Warriors are sitting at 55.6%. The Lakers at 44.4% of the vote.
0: Yeah, I think it's actually going to be interesting to see how the, uh, you know, the Warriors respond and do, do they change some of their rotations, which they did uh, late in the game, and that's when it uh, seemed to actually work for them. But I'm not sure if you want to go small for a long period of time when you know, Anthony Davis is the opposing center.
1: We'll answer that question as well around 1130 today. We went a little bit long in the previous hour with James Herbert, CBSSports.com. If you missed any of that NBA playoffs discussion, you can podcast over at KDOS1060.com or with the KDOS1060 app. So we promise we'll get to your phone calls today around 1115-602-260-1060 is the number. Uh, so the athletic, uh, Bo Wolf, he put together the power rankings for the 32 NFL teams post-draft, uh, you know, kind of talking a little bit about what the teams cur- had previously before the draft, what they were able to bring in in free agency, and what they were able to do post-draft as well. Uh, so I thought we could kind of go through some of those additions here. And uh, probably to absolutely no surprise, first up on the power rankings list is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're obviously the defending champions. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's hard to put them anywhere but one. Until further notice uh, this week, they did re-sign running back Jarek McKinnon on a one year deal, and they did decline the fifth year option on Clyde Edwards. Hilaire, their pick number 31 ended up going on the defensive side of the ball with an edge rusher from K-State, Felix uh, and and do like And then pick number 55, trying to get this wide receiver position right. Rashi Rice from SMU.
0: He's really fast. What a shock, huh? The <laughs> Chiefs get a fast guy. Um, you know, they've actually, you know, they've gone through offensive line changes in the past, and uh, they're going through offensive line changes this off Also, I think that'd be the one thing to pay most attention to, at least as of right now, at the start of next season.
1: Uh, number two on the list here, maybe a little surprising, was the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, pick number 28 for the Bengals here, round one, Miles Murphy, defensive end, Clemson. Pick number 60, round two, was DJ Turner, corner, Michigan. Pick number 95, round three, Jordan Battle, safety, Alabama. Obviously, going on the defensive side of the ball here, it obviously helps bolster the defense uh, for Lou Amaruno, but also uh, trying to help figure out how to place the key safety that they lost in the offseason jesse bates
0: correct uh, i think they just uh you know you hear you know, all last weekend you heard every team seemingly say we're just taking the best available player and la-di-da and i think the bengals here you know maybe they said that too maybe i just missed that part uh which could be true but also it sort of seemed like they drafted for need
1: uh, one other thing that I wanted to add here, it was in the fifth round, pick number 163. They did go running back, Chase Brown, uh, out of Illinois. Do you like uh, him joining the Bengals here?
0: I'd be really surprised if he's anything more than just a special teams or third down guy in the NFL. Tremendous college player. Uh, he was, a, you know, he's not a big dude, and he was, you know, in a you know, so-called physical conference Uh, He was effective in the Big Ten, but uh, I think he's just a third-down type of guy. They've got the mixing situation, which has not exactly been great for them. I don't think he's been that great on the field, quite frankly, except for I think about half the season of the Super Bowl run he was good. But other than that, I think on the field he's been even a little bit of a disappointment
1: yeah and then you also have Samaji p ryan moving on too so kind of an interesting little situation for them at least in the backfield behind joe burrow
0: correct i'm not a p ryan guy uh, you, know, you know the fact that you know i'm not upset about this because i didn't really you know, the, you know the super bowl when he actually got the ball in the key play of the game instead of mixing was a curious call at the time and uh uh, maybe that's part of the reason he's moving on too.
1: Number three here comes in with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Bo Wolf asks here: Is the Super Bowl loser curse real? Uh, they did lose some free agency pieces, plus they do have some aging veterans. Pick number nine, round one. Uh, they went Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia, and then pick number thirty, round one, Nolan Smith, edge, Georgia. So they were going uh, heavy Georgia, which is kind of hard to go wrong there but you do have everything that's surrounding Jalen Carter
0: yeah um, that's very true but uh, you know I thought last year I think they should be number one in this list by the way I think they should be number one in any list Uh, I think that they were the best team last year I think they had the most good players last year I think they've added more good players this offseason and I just clearly think that they're the best team in the NFL still
1: does any of that play a factor in kind of how at least how it's still on paper that the AFC has more good teams than the NFC, so the the ride through could be a little bit easier for the Eagles?
0: No, I think that's definitely true. I, I just think that the, I understand they lost the Super Bowl and uh, people screaming at me I heard when I said that in the last couple of seconds there. But I know that they lost that game, but I thought they were the best team heading into that game. I actually thought they were the best team, even though they lost after that game, and I think they're still the best team in the NFL. But I do agree with the theory that they do have the, you know, the the NFC is the easier route to get to the Super Bowl again, uh, as opposed to the AFC, which has, without a doubt, more good teams.
1: Number four on this athletic list is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, How will, and this is a question I have, how will the defense look this season with Sean McDermott calling the defense as Leslie Frazier stepped aside from football this season? Uh, Then also, question marks on defense. You know, how will Von Miller look when he comes back? How's Micah Hyde going to look? Uh, And so, just some question marks there about this Buffalo Bills defensively. In the draft pick number 25 round one they went dalton kincaid tight end so this has to also help open up the offense a bit pairing him with dawson knox in addition to hearing josh allen talk a couple of weeks ago how he needs to make some changes to his physical style of play that he can't continue to be such a brute
0: reckless i think is more of a word for you know, allen than anything else um, you know, Obviously, he took some hits last year, but I thought he also made some foolish decisions. Uh, and to me, the biggest question about the Bills is not the defense. I don't think, that, to answer your question, I don't think that uh, the style is going to change at all because McDermott kind of brought that style from Carolina. And uh, I'm sure there was some kind of collaboration between he and Frazier over the last you know few years now. So there certainly was contin- continuity there for sure. But their offensive line wasn't particularly good last year, and I'm not so sure that's any better right now.
1: I am stunned at the positioning here For number five on this power rankings list it's the jacksonville jaguars so you have the situation with cam robinson his six game suspension uh they end up going in the first round pick number 27 taking anton harrison offensive tackle from oklahoma in addition to that they continued to feed the offensive side of the ball with pick number 61 round two brenton strange tight end out of penn state and pick number 88 round three tank bigsby uh running back out of auburn
0: well, I spent most of the season last year trashing Jacksonville, and yeah, you know, benefited because I think the odds makers really overrated them. The metrics people adore them, and I don't really see that many changes. Also, I'm going to thing. The minority here is I don't think that Doug Peterson's a particularly good game day coach. I think he's a really good you know practice coach, and you know franchise. He, he, I think he does. He's more of a baseball manager than he is a coach that I want on a Sunday. Let's put it that way. Yeah, managing a baseball team over the course of a season is yeah, I think a bigger deal many times than actually a day-to-day process. And I think he's really good as the managing the whole. You know, the whole group for a long stretch of time. But yeah, you know, if I, I would rather go with uh, almost anybody else making a decision on game day. Plus, they should have been done in the first round of the playoffs last year. They were getting killed by the Chargers, and the Chargers completely gagged that game away.
1: Uh, i don't want to put words in your mouth and we still have a long way to go before we we get prognosticating things in the nfl but would you kind of think about how a couple of seasons ago when the raiders did as well as they did and the expectations were kind of out of control for last season and then they fell flat that that could be something we would see with jacksonville this season
0: definitely i think that's an excellent comparison and uh Yeah, I've actually thought about this and had a discussion with somebody about this. Uh, I think there is a very high uh, probability and things like this, these power rankings are going to help my chances. Uh, I'm going to be betting Jacksonville under the team total when we get to the uh, team total stages. I don't think anybody's posted that yet. If they have, it's for very low limits and it's uh, very few places that have.
1: Well, we'll pause there We're one through're
0: probably waiting for the I'm sorry i I apologize. I think we're probably waiting for the schedule release, which is like next week sometime I think they said Wednesday they're speculating that that would be the day next week uh, but uh, I think that uh most of the wind total places are waiting until the schedules released so they can see the structure of the schedule and see who supposedly gets hosed on the schedule as far as uh remember you remember Sean McVay a couple of years ago? How upset he was at the schedule when it was released because they were so backloaded with all these difficult games. Uh, I'm guessing that most places, most odds makers that post those kind of things are waiting to see the schedule release.
1: Uh, we'll take a pause there one through five on the athletic list kansas city chiefs one two Bengals, three eagles four bills five jaguars we'll go through uh six through ten and uh i I guess we'll tease it along and find out where the cardinals land on this list but if you'd like to join the (sighs) conversation we were supposed to tease it along bob (laughs)
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't know that. I mean, I haven't seen that list. I'm just guessing. Considering every you get both networks you know, more than once last weekend said that they have the worst roster in the NFL, i just kind of assume it's 32nd.
1: Welcome back to Extra Point 1122 here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, continuing the athletics uh, power rankings post draft from Bo Wolf. Uh, we made it through one through five at the moment, a repeat with number one being the Chiefs, two Bengals, three Eagles, four bills and five jacksonville jaguars so let's continue on with number six and this is the san francisco 49ers here now this is interesting uh that they just signed brandon allen quarterback with uh he was previously with the Bengals. i think he was there for what three years backing up hey, joe burrow local
0: kid yes yeah, he's from here
1: Uh, signed with the San Francisco 49ers this week. So currently you have Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, and now Allen as the quarterbacks on the roster. Because they've made so many trades, they didn't have a pick for quite a while. Uh, So their first pick ended up being... Pick number 87, round three, they went defense. Jair Brown, safety at a Penn State. Pick number 99, round three, Jake Moody, kicker from Michigan, because parting ways with longtime kicker Robbie Gould. He was with San Francisco from 2017 to 2022. Those are going to be some big shoes to fill.
0: That's right. My favorite kicker of all time, Robert Gould, because he won me a fantasy championship on a Monday night the last night of the fantasy season years ago. So he's my man. Uh, But uh, interesting, uh, they do have quarterback uh, choices. They've got a bunch of them now. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, the injuries to Purdy and Lance uh, play into this significantly. Uh, I believe, to go back to your thing about draft night, uh, not just draft night, but the draft weekend, I'm pretty sure the Niners were the last team to make a pick uh, last weekend.
1: That would probably make a lot of sense, uh, just because they, they ended up... They in... were
0: the last team to make their first pick, let me put it that
1: way. Right, yes. Uh, just because they were wheeling and dealing away a lot of picks for the last couple of years. Uh, I know the, the Rams have done that as well, but I think the 49ers probably took the cake on that one.
0: And the Rams had 14 picks last weekend, so they, they got some of those back. And uh, seemed like about every five minutes on Saturday, third day of the draft, the Rams were trading down and getting more picks.
1: obviously the 49ers here have kind of taken this approach that they have so many offensive weapons and so many offensive playmakers that they just need somebody to get the ball into their playmakers hands and so now they're going to have choices to make here heading into also choices dependent upon how the injury progress is going as well Uh, and then defensively play great defense we did see some holes kind of in the secondary at times but uh, D'Amico Ryans has moved on so kind of I guess, reestablishing uh, what they want to do on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Well, I think that's pretty easy, no matter who the coordinator is, whether it's Sala or Ryan's, or I don't even know who the defense coordinator is right now. But, you know, their front seven is so good, just, you know, just go get the quarterback or, you know, stop the run. Their linebackers are in unparalleled of any, you know, they're the best three linebackers of any team in the league. Uh, so just... Uh, Make sure that the, the secondary uh, doesn't get killed by big plays, which they were at the start of last season. They seemingly, it's seemingly shored that up as the season continued.
1: Their defensive coordinator is Steve Wilkes. Oh, I did not know that.
0: How did I miss that? Um, well, I think we think I, I you know, he seems to be a good defensive coordinator. Uh, and I know things went better in Carolina, but it's hard for anybody that got to see – any of uh training camp in his year with the cardinals it's hard to uh, basically you know, re, you know delete that from your brain because it was the most unorganized mess i've ever seen at any nfl training camp and i've seen a lot of them
1: number seven on this list is the baltimore ravens and uh, starting off with lamar jackson is back so that whole uh debacle he had in- a press
0: conference this morning
1: he did yes officially yeah, signed was the there. deal he was
0: actually there and he was there I mean, it was amazing. I watched part of this press conference, and they had DaCosta and Harbaugh and Jackson, and I was, you know, the, the the cameras were, you know, honed in on, you know, Harbaugh and DaCosta. and I literally wondered for about ten minutes whether Jackson was actually there at the press conference, but then they finally showed Jackson.
1: So apparently the full five-year $260 million deal because he just signed it and everything's copacetic now, $135 million fully guaranteed at signing, $156 million over the first three years. There's a $72.5 million signing bonus, $80 million in year one. There's a no-tag clause, a no-trade clause, and this all goes through 2027. So pretty good stuff there for Lamar Jackson acting on his own behalf. But he's back with the race. Ravens and they were able to get him some wide receiver help pick number 22 round 1 Zay Flowers wide receiver Boston College of course they brought in Odell Beckham Jr as well in the off season here I guess this is me just asking this question uh can all of these players stay healthy for a whole year
0: I'm going to say no and uh this is an, I love all this stuff that they've done and this is all worked out and everybody's happy and whatever This is almost for sure a team I'm going to be betting under the season win total once we get around to that.
1: Number eight on this list is the New York Jets. Uh, obviously having Aaron Rodgers come in elevates the quarterback room. Uh, they had a top five defense that was certainly carrying them. They do have offensive weapons. Brees Hall is expected to you know, be eventually coming back from his torn ACL. They just needed a quarterback to complete a forward pass. So they'll be able to get that in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, interesting information here coming out today I believe it was Adam Beasley from Pro Football Network reporting this that uh, (laughs) Bill Belichick he uh, I guess prevented the Jets from getting the player that they really wanted they wanted the offensive tackle offensive lineman uh, Broderick and the Steelers ended up trading up to fourteen to snatch him just ahead of the Jets who picked 15th, which ended up getting Will McDonald the fourth edge out of Iowa State. Uh, and then everything kind of unfolded from there. and the the Patriots were able to get Christian uh, Christian Gonzalez there at number
0: seventeen. Yeah, another back to the Jets almost, and for sure, another team I want to bet under, I'm not buying all this hype. I think their offensive line is still a mess., uh, they certainly, Without a question, got sniped on the on the. You know, turned out to be the trade and the draft pick, and I think their offensive line is still atrocious. And I don't care who the quarterback is. Uh, you know, no quarterback, including a you know forty-year-old Aaron Rodgers, can complete a pass when he's you know, getting crushed.
1: Uh, so far, we have had one, two, three, four, five, six. AFC team so as we approach the ninth selection here uh, Dallas Cowboys come in here on this athletic list can they take advantage of the depleted NFC pick number 26 for them round one Mozzie Smith defensive tackle Michigan uh, they seem to like the Michigan selections here pick number 58 round two Luke Schoonmaker tight end at of Michigan and pick number 212 just for like a feel good story round six Deuce Vaughn running back at a K state but his dad's the one that got to Got
0: to call him yeah and he's another guy he doesn't exactly fill what seemed to be their biggest running back void is short yardage i mean he's uh, like five five or whatever he is he's a short dude sorry i didn't mean to insult him if he's taller than five five but he's not in every down back most likely in the nfl so that goes i really like the smith pick and, uh, you know, they needed to get better in the defensive line. I think the one thing that well, maybe it wasn't that much overlooked, but one that uh, probably wasn't talked about enough, at least in the media, is the uh, teams that had power rushing attacks did pretty much whatever they wanted to do uh, against uh, the Cowboys. And, you know, you're in a division with the Eagles, so it would be a nice idea if you could actually short up your you know, defensive down lineman situation.
1: And uh, pick number 10 here on this athletic power ranking list is the Miami Dolphins. They did not have a first round selection uh, due to their tampering situation with Tom Brady. Pick number 51 round two went Cam Smith. Cornerback at of South Carolina pick number 84, round three was Devon uh, Achain, running back Texas A&M. But if you're going to talk about adding speed to what 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 Mike McDaniel wants to do, uh, Devon Achain is certainly going to be that guy.
0: Yeah, I'm a big chain fan. Um, I don't know how long he's going to survive in the NFL. He also, as it turns out, has a degenerated knee already, and many teams completely had red flagged him from the draft entirely let alone early in the draft, but he is one tough dude. Uh, that guy took some shots last year at a and I think he's good for the short term. I guess uh, you know, hopefully I'm wrong about this, but I can't imagine he has a long-term future in the NFL.
1: Uh, and then, as we mentioned here, coming in at 32, it is the Arizona Cardinals. And Bo Wolf here was talking about how uh, it, it, he put the, the blame that they wanted Paris Johnson Jr. on Monty, that he couldn't keep keep it quiet ahead of the draft. But then he said that he redeemed himself with the trades that were made for the 2024 first round selection from Houston for next year.
0: I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. Um we don't need to get into the uh, thing that I don't think that Paris Johnson's a left tackle in the NFL thing again, but I'm not the only person that wonders about that. I think he could be a really good offensive lineman in the NFL, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, if he's a right tackle or a guard, I think that that might be better suited to his long-term NFL future, or even short-term NFL future for that matter. Uh, So we'll see how that goes, but... uh, you know, the Cardinals' whole deal is just setting it up for future years because they're going to be awful this year. And I really don't know anybody that thinks otherwise at this point. Uh, you know, objectively speaking, uh, people should not think otherwise.
1: That's the, uh, well, 1 through 10 and then 32 if you're interested in the rest of those power rankings. Who were over- the
0: Seahawks in this?
1: They were 11. You ever, you still- I remember okay. that one. Because I was surprised I think- that they weren't in the top 10.
0: Yeah, I think that they are tremendously improved. I think they can actually make a run at San Francisco in the West.
1: Because I thought they had an excellent day one draft. Uh, just And then you also talk about the contributions that you had from the rookies last season uh, and the growth that you would think that they would have uh, moving it, forward.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to throw in, I thought they had a tremendous free agent period. They added some really important players and important positions.
1: Yeah, that was one of the ones that I was actually really surprised was not in the top 10. Yeah, me too. Poll questions, they're next. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports.
0: Have you downloaded the KDOS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude.
1: Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male, chicken, (laughs)
0: Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows.
1: 38 here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS 1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro with you on this Thursday, May 4th. It's time to turn our attention to the poll questions and we'll get things started with the KDOS 1060.com poll question. We obviously know uh, at least the official designation and official statement from the team uh, that Chris Paul suffered that left groin injury and is currently listed as day to day other reports have indicated that uh, he would be reevaluated in one week's time. Sham Sherinia reporting that uh, at least missing games three, four, and five. All right, so if he's not out there, who should Monty Williams start at point guard in game three? Devin Booker or campaign Payne are the options.
0: Uh, you know, Monty Williams indicated yesterday it's going to be Payne. Uh, I would go with Booker and just see how it goes. Um... You don't have to have Booker bring the ball up every possession. Um, The way that the NBA offenses are run now, it's uh, so much uh, isolation, screen roll, et cetera. And the Suns do maybe not quite as much of that as some other teams, but they still do some of that. I think Durant could certainly bring the ball up some. Uh, We'll see how that goes. And, yeah, whichever guy, is, you can't possibly have you – know, if a Kogi starts again, which is inexplicable to me on why he actually starts in this series, but uh, you really can't – he can't bring the ball up. And, you know, Tory Craig, if he starts, he's not going to be doing that. So I would uh, – I think Booker gives them the best chance, and I'm just all at this point for keeping pain off the floor as much as humanly possible. And I understand he has to play some, but it is just uh, – inexplicable how bad he was on Monday night. Uh, the two points on one out of seven shooting. He only had one assist. when He's not a good passer anyway in 17 minutes. And the other part of this is yeah, he's just a bad defender. And the Nuggets are really smart. They just completely targeted Payne. And he committed three fouls right at the start of the fourth quarter. And among other things, that got the Suns immediately in foul trouble and Team foul issues to start that fourth quarter. And team fouls in the fourth quarter is uh, often a determining factor of who wins possible close games in the NBA.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Booker's shown he's capable of doing it. He was very ball-dominant in that Clippers series, so it's something he can do. As you mentioned, Kevin Durant can, can bring up the ball as well. I, I, a question for you here. Do you think that this is injury-related with campaign? Because we've seen him have to come in last year for Chris Paul in very critical situations and prove that he could be a facilitator and prove that he could uh, be effective in the limited time that he had in that fill-in role. But this year we just have not even seen anything close to what we saw last year with him.
0: I don't think he was good last year. I think he's only really been good one time in his entire career for a long stretch of time. And that was in the bubble. And that was right after the sun signed him. You remember they actually, he wasn't even on their roster uh, when COVID shut down the NBA regular season and because of his relationship and his past, you know, past, uh, you know, the, uh, you know the, the connection between he and Monty Williams when Williams was in Oklahoma City and Payne was, at, you know, I th- think he was drafted by Oklahoma City, played in Oklahoma City for Williams. But I don't think he's been a good player since then. He's never, and I mean never, been a good facilitator in his best days, he either he absolutely positively has to put the ball in the basket or he really shouldn't be on the floor.
1: The masses are on the Devin Booker side at 67% of the vote, campaign sitting at 33%. That's the KDOS1060.com poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060 tonight. It is game two uh, with the Warriors and the Lakers. Lakers plus five and a half, Warriors minus five and a half. So who do you have? Um... The Warriors are going to find a way to get to L. A. One-one. Steph isn't going to have the struggles that he did. I know that the the Lakers have been playing some really good defense. I had the defensive numbers. Let me see if I can find that here. Uh, yes, the Lakers now rank first among all playoff teams with a 103.9 defensive rating. So uh, they're very very effective on the defensive end of the ball. But I do think that it's just really important for the Warriors to go back there one-one. I know that they have just finished up a series where they came back from down 0-2. But I think that the way the Lakers are constructed and the way that the Kings were constructed, uh, both uh, you know roster construction-wise as well as just experience-wise, very different situations here. Adjustments will be made. So I would lean in the direction of the Warriors here, minus
0: 5.5. I agree with you. Uh, just to add to that, it would be a whole different deal if you're down 0-2 after losing two home games. Uh, of course, they lost the two road games to start that series against the Kings. Uh, the other thing uh, that comes to mind immediately as far as the Lakers are concerned defensively, you know, with the exception of Reeves, with their really their top five guys, well, you know, Russell either is also another guy, but they... When they actually use their bench a little bit in Vanderbilt's uh, going against Curry, you know they can put four really prime defenders on the floor for a large chunk of time against anybody. And I'm sure that has something to do with their high defensive rating. LeBron is still a good defender. Uh, for stretches of time during a game, not for necessarily long-term stretches of games, because he, as much as LeBron is as good as he is, even at this age, he's you know, it's a lot tougher for him to play defense on a, you know consistent you know possessions throughout stretches of time than it is uh, offensively. You can take a little time off offensively. Plus, he's not as ball dominant as he has been. That's something that the Warriors are certainly talked about a lot before Game One and after Game One, how it's uh, facing a kind of a quote different LeBron uh, than they've actually had to face in the in the postseason before, when they were facing him facing him obviously in the in the finals when LeBron was in Cleveland. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that, but yeah, I would expect the Warriors to respond tonight. I'm very curious to see the matchup. So and uh, whether they actually try to go small for lengths of time, and it's something we talked about with James Herbert in the last hour. it you know, Certainly their best moments of this game, the Warriors, in game one, when they did go small, not necessarily just the 12 nothing run when they were chasing points, but they tried it a little bit in the first half. And the Warriors don't have a whole lot of length now, obviously. They made some trades at the deadline, etc., so I, I think just the matchups and especially I think the the, the NBA playoffs, uh, you know, you hear about adjustments and games to game to game. I think a lot of that is really overrated, but I don't think it's overrated early in series. And I think there are more you know, matchup changes and, and uh, the so-called adjustments made. Yeah, after games one and two of series than there are later in the series when there's less things to be had unless you got a coach who's savvy enough or confident enough in his roster to save things for later in the series.
1: The other thing, too, I know Clay Thompson has kind of been a bit more inconsistent from what we're used to post-injury, uh, but I can't expect him to be as bad as he was in game one.
0: That's true. Um, and, yeah, he actually... Yeah, he hasn't had that many really good playoff moments in the you know seven games against uh, Sacramento. Yeah, you know, he had you know certainly in Game Seven, he had a, a stretch where he kind of went, "Oh my God, he's going to go off." <laughs> <laughs> but there haven't been that many moments. Usually, we wait for him. He has Game Six, Clay, right? Yep. Supposed to say it, but uh, that wasn't. Uh, he was awful, and they were awful in Game Six against the Kings. So. We'll see how that goes. I agree with you on the Thompson angle. And the other thing is, the watch the third quarter. The Warriors, during this championship run, and in Game 7 against Sacramento, just dominated the third quarter. And I don't know if that's all just halftime adjustments or whatever. It has something to do with that, because it's just been such a consistent thing for many years now. But uh, that's one thing that the Lakers... They were um, in game three. I think that was kind of lost in the shuffle because of the end-of-the-game scenario. But the, the, the Lakers, if the Lakers had just gone on and won that game and not blown the 14-point lead, then I, people would have been talking for the last two days how, whoa, they just blew them away in that third quarter and the Warriors always win the third quarter. Well, the, the, the Lakers won the third quarter, so that's something I would pay attention to tonight if the game's close at halftime and needs to be decided in the third quarter
1: uh the masses are on the warrior side of things minus five and a half at 63.6 percent of the vote lakers plus five and a half 36.4 percent this is on twitter at kdos am 1060 i have one other basketball note for you but it's in the college basketball world hunter dickinson announces that he's transferring to kansas
0: yeah not a big surprise there i think when uh, we saw some of the teams who's considering kansas seemed to be the overwhelming favorite uh, so we'll see how that goes. I think he's a really good college player. Um, if he was expected to be a really good NBA player, he's now had two chances to go to the NBA. Then he's opted to go back to college. It is interesting that uh, you know it seems like uh, if you're going to be a uh, you know a post player in college basketball, Jawan Howard's a pretty good guy you'd like to have play for. But then again, Bill Selfs had some of the best post play in college basketball in the last 20 years, and many different dudes. Uh, that wasn't exactly a Kansas strength this past year, but most years they have a tremendous post player, and their offense starts with uh, you, know, you know, low post play and goes outside instead of inside out.
1: We wrap up this edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break.
0: James Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app.
1: This Thursday, May 4th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 uh, uh, app powered by Superbook Sports, Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortalaro with you. And Bob, it's thank you time.
0: As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever. And whatever else, to the cracks also are guest today, plural, lots of NBA discussion, Celtics talk with Key Smith from uh, Celtics blog, among other uh, media, many media outlets that Mr. Smith has, uh, and if uh, you want to get the full list of that, I asked him right off the top, who else you got going, what else you got going, because he's got a lot of stuff going on, so always good to talk to him, also around the NBA with James Herbert at CBSSports.com, and uh, we touched on all four of the uh, semifinal conference uh, series going on right now. Uh, also, it's sound today, courtesy of TNT, Bally Sports, Arizona, and LAD 570 with the uh, game-winning Max Muncie walk-off grand slam, and the Dodgers have now won six in a row. Big series this weekend. First Padres and Dodgers series of the weekend. I believe it's in San Diego. Three games this weekend. The Dodgers have actually you know, shifted their rotation around so they're to have their three best starters actually pitching that series, which is a little unusual for a team to do that in the month of May, but they have done that. So, uh, I'll be looking forward to watching that series this weekend. Also, special thanks to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next.
1: That's right. Up next uh, here on KDOS AM 1060, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5 and the sports with Dave rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. This weekend, ASU Baseball, a big three-game series against Stanford, hosting them over at Phoenix Muni. Friday's coverage gets started with pregame at 6.15, first pitch at 6.30. You can follow along, KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. Uh, Bob, did you see this news here? So, it had been discussed a lot during the college football season that Chris Fowler's contract with ESPN was uh, coming to an end and what was going to potentially happen with Chris Fowler's future. They were able to uh, get an agreement that he's back calling college football games. Uh, With everything that's going on with ESPN, at least what's floated out there is that he ended up having to take less than what he was hoping to take to remain with ESPN, but maybe a consolation prize here for him is that he's going to be doing uh nfl coverage on espn so if it's going to be a double header on monday night football or a game in which joe buck is not going to be on the call for for espn it will be chris fowler and it'll no longer be steve levy looks like fowler will continue to work with lewis riddick and dan orlovsky
0: yeah i didn't see that that's interesting uh i know he does you know, assume he's still doing the tennis thing on espn so that's a big part of his uh, gig and uh the major tennis tournaments and so forth I've noticed over the years because uh, I see Chris Everett on there. And uh, so that's kind of why I know he's like the one of the moderators or hosts, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I didn't uh, see that. I actually like him. He's good. I think uh, He's done some NFL stuff with Herb Street, a couple of those Monday night games in the past when they were like doubleheaders and so forth. And I think he's far better at college than he is in the NFL, but he ought to be because he's much more familiar with the college game.
1: Uh, the other thing that uh, caught my attention here, so Alabama has fired their baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, after suspicious betting activity involving baseball games. Um I'm not surprised that this is something that we're going to start seeing. I guess the question for me is, you know, what happened first, the chicken or the egg, right? So is this happening because sports betting is more prevalent, or is it happening because sports betting has regulations in place that you were able to catch something like this?
0: I have no idea because it's college baseball. I mean, I'm not sure. I have a a friend who... Uh, is interested in he bets college baseball, uh, and uh, you know I know he did rather well on it last year at least. Uh, so uh, there are people that bet on it, but I'm not sure the volume can't be nearly as high as it is. You yeah, know, major league baseball, the volume is much lower in that sport than it is you know the other quote so-called you know you know certainly not anywhere near what it is basketball or football. And I've always thought that part of the deal with the baseball betting is that. A lot of people not necessarily now but a few years ago used to just kind of get confused by the prices and so forth and you know there's some uh, there's some pretty outrageous prices and odds in the uh, baseball games, straight up major league baseball games. so like i said i'm yeah, you know, it's is the Southeastern Conference though, and they take their baseball ser- more seriously than anybody else, and they're really good. They've been the the power conference since the Pac-12 has kind of gone down the down the dumper here the last few years. Uh, so, you know, I'm not sure what the volume is in betting, quite frankly, in college baseball, but I'm sure it's higher in the Southeastern Conference than anywhere else.
1: One final look here at uh, what's going on at the Wells Fargo Championship. Quail Hollow Golf Club. Kevin Streelman and K.H. Lee Taylor Moore all tied for first at 500 par. Patrick Cantlay, Sahith Tagala in done for the day tied for fourth at four under par now this is interesting rory mcelroy uh he shot three under par today it's his 34th birthday and he shot 34 34. so there seems to be a little theme <laughs> going on there for rory oh boy. Uh, yeah oh, i'm sorry
0: uh, a <laughs> kind <of> metrics thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not sure i can turn that one into a metrics thing. <laughs> okay
0: just thought i'd ask
1: well tonight uh it's just one game in the nba and that's the uh lakers and the warriors six o'clock tonight on espn hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your thursday and the extra point will be with you tomorrow from 10 to noon we will talk to you then